0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. The following podcast is a Vasilis Scarlias production. Hello, everyone. I'm Saloni. And I'm Vasilis. We run Change Makers
1: a student-run initiative that aims to empower, educate, and connect Gen Zers
0: interested in entrepreneurship. We interview teenagers with impactful projects and create resources to help you change the world. If they can do it, so can you. On this podcast, we discuss the logistics of creating different types of projects with Gen Zers who have already done it. We will leave our social media and website information in the description. welcome to today's episode with another amazing guest. Today, we have Nikke Anani. Nikke is an award-winning family business strategist, speaker and author. She has been featured in many TV shows and webinars. Here, we are today to talk about social change and her journey starting multiple ventures. Hello, Anani.
1: Hi, Vasilis. Thank you so much for having me.
0: We are so excited to have you on the show. So tell us a little bit more about your business.
1: Great. Um, So essentially, I work with business owners to help them build businesses that would move from lifetime to what I term legacy. So businesses that would be multi-generational, businesses that would not only provide financial security to the owners, um, but also continue to have a vital role in ecosystem in the wider Um, value chain, and making a positive impact on communities.
0: That's great. So you work with the businesses and actually you dive deeper to what they need to improve and actually you you help them with that part, right? Precisely. So from a legacy planning
1: perspective, so very much long-term strategic planning, Um, looking at succession planning. Um, For instance, if a business is set up by a founder and the founder typically at the point when they realise they need the service is when they want to pull back and retire and move on to other passions and they don't have anyone to pass on the responsibility to. So I work with that succession planning to know what's next after the founder and also um, what's the compelling vision, compelling purpose compelling mission that would galvanize um, other fans, other stakeholders to take an interest in the business, for instance, their children or non-family staff to be interested in how can we protect the future of the business and create the business of the future.
0: Well, that's a great quote. So you initially started in consulting. What initially drew you to that as a career path?
1: Yes, I started my, my career straight after university in Deloitte in Corporate Tax International and what drew me to that sphere was the opportunity to learn, really. I loved Deloitte. It was um, a great training ground to, to learn in, in terms of structured learning and also informally And it was a great opportunity to be the best version of myself. It was a great opportunity to learn what institutional organizations, how they're able to to build legacy organizations that are not dependent on any given individual. And that was really what drew me to that, an opportunity to learn about a wide variety of industries, to work with a variety of projects. That was really important to me to have breadth and not just depth, Um, that was what drew me to, to consulting at the early start of my career.
0: And when did you make the jump from consulting to entrepreneurship? Did you find yourself applying your consulting knowledge to help run your business?
1: Indeed. I mean, I moved from consulting to entrepreneurship 10 Mm -hmm. years ago. So three years into my career as an accountant, um, a tax specialist. I decided that I wanted something less reg- regimentary mm-hmm. and I wanted to get out into the, to the world and, and be closer to where the action was. Um, but, like you kind of alluded to, I did find myself applying the knowledge, the thinking, the values that I'd been imbibed in me in my Deloitte days in my family business. So, I ended up moving from London to Lagos, Nigeria, working with my father in our family businesses, and I was able to put together a lot more structure. So in terms of human resources, in terms of strategy, administration, finance, um, culture, um, and these were all things that I'd learned from being at Deloitte, whether explicitly through um, the department in which I worked in, or implicitly through what was imbibed in me through my time there. And also as an accountant, I trained up as a chartered accountant during my time at Deloitte. So I'd learned a lot on, on business management, um, business operations, business culture.
0: So you cover many, many different things simultaneously. That's great. Um, from my understanding, both of your current businesses provide services in Nigeria. What is it like working in an international setting?
1: Yeah, I mean, the word international is a very broad word, isn't it? Um, and it depends, it depends on where you're talking about. So I can only speak from the perspective of me being exposure, having exposure to Nigeria and, um, Africa specifically. I mean, I'm now based in Austin, Texas. So I relocated to Austin, um, three months ago. So I'm learning again, yet another new environment, but. Working in Lagos in Nigeria is um, different business culture to that in the city of London. Um, it was I found it really exciting. There was a lot more opportunity. There's unfortunately a lot of deficits in African context, but those deficits are really just can be reframed as opportunity. Opportunity in a range of sectors. In mean, practically every sector, there's an opportunity to um, provide an unfulfilled need. To innovate, um, to 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 make you know um, things better for customers locally and wider ecosystems and and communities, and so that was really what pulled me back to Lagos in Nigeria. And I loved working in Lagos, Nigeria. I was there for ten years.
0: Yeah, I think that sometimes it's great to keep you know part of your. You know, racings like to keep them close so that you can feel like being home even if you are very far away. It's really interesting how your aim is to bridge the gap between younger and older generations to help people create lasting businesses. What are some quick tips that you have for established businesses that may feel a bit crowded out due to the influx of so many new startups and businesses?
1: Mm, That's an interesting question. I think um, for established businesses that are, are now facing competition, so to speak, by new businesses, is you can leverage off your advantages. So you have an established name, you have established customers, established stakeholders. You can use that to your advantage. The second is I wouldn't rush to recreate everything that your competitors are doing. However, I would pause to have dialogue and conversation with your customers and potential target customers to see whether there's an opportunity to serve them in a way that is more preferable to them, um, to look through their preferences, their perspectives, their priorities, platforms, paradigms, um, to see if there's an opportunity to do things in a better way because the world is very disruptive right now and it will continue to be even more disruptive. It's really important as business owners that we're constantly adapting. We're constantly transforming. We're constantly, we have our, you know, our fingers on the pulse of the consumer. Ultimately the consumer is king. So that's what would be my advice is leverage off your, your strengths, which you've, you have an advantage in terms of established name, track record, um don't necessarily seek to repeat or recreate what you're seeing. However, do pause and seek to lean into your customers and listen to them with an open mind to seek to serve them in a better way.
0: That's extremely important, like to like adopt all the new things that maybe customers want to change according to the current you know, trends, if we could say that. But also to continue to select data that are, you know, very specific to what they represent and know to be crowded with like many, many submissions that like on the internet today you can find many, many things, but you can't trust everything. You can't filter everything. It's impossible. So the business and the business owners with their teams, it's important to to keep filtered all the data that they select for their products. I'm really interested in learning more about the concept of a family business. What does it mean exactly?
1: A family business is just a business where the beneficiaries are um, individuals as opposed to institutionals um, and or the management of the business. You have two or more family members working together in the business. um, quite often entrepreneurs are family businesses. So if an individual sets up a venture and it's owned 100% by um, himself or herself, that is a family business by, um, to be, to be pers- like going formally and strictly speaking. Or for instance, if two partners come together and decide to set up a venture, that also is, and they might not be related, that is a family business because more than thirty percent of the shares are owned by an individual, as opposed to um an institutional,
0: institutional's or take, take holders?
1: Yeah. So, so yes. So, institutional owners, and the distinction is that individuals and families see things differently, typically than um, your um, more established non-family firms. They tend to be more nimble. They tend mm-hmm. to make quicker decisions. Um, they tend to be more long term oriented. They tend to integrate a wider range of stakeholders in, into their thinking, and so and and also they they tend to think about the purpose of the business is for their family to provide financial security for their family, and this confluence of family and business gives rise to some some great areas that can create some some challenges. For instance, um, how do you deal with employing family members um, are you employing based on merit are you employing based on the fact that they have a certain surname um, or how do you deal with um, entry criteria for people to be on the board Is that if you have a certain surname or is that merited um, and or how do you deal with when you're thinking about a generational transition who should succeed? As the, the the leader of the business, is that based on being the eldest son? Is that based on other criteria? So these are the kind of um, issues that arise when you have a family
0: business. Mm, I see. Well, we have been informed that you have a non-profit community of African business owners, helping them with building generational wealth to reserve generational poverty, poverty in the African community. What actions are you taking at African Family Firms to make that happen?
1: Yes, we're, we're very passionate about creating generational wealth and generational legacies on the African continent. And we do that through four main activities in our community. Firstly, facilitating connection within different members um, across industry, across geography, um, essentially creating a safe space for families where they can share their issues and seek solutions with one another um, connect with one another learn from one another the second is through education through formal education so training webinars conferences summits and things of the like to provide business owners with that awareness of the issues that they may be facing um, because the conversation on family business and legacy businesses is relatively new in Africa there's a huge need to provide a lot of education and awareness. And so we do that through um, conferences and trainings and things like that, like I mentioned. The third is through research. So um, unfortunately, the conversation is is relatively nascent on the continent. And so we don't really have much data. Who are the family businesses? Uh, Which industries are they in? What are the issues that are plaguing them? We do have one piece of data that's really pertinent and that is that only 2% of business owners in Nigeria specifically would outlive the, um, the businesses would outlive the founder, which means 98% of family businesses in Africa, or sorry, in Nigeria would die when the founders die compared to 33%. Um, sorry, compared to 66% that would die in the rest of the world when the founders die. So we are significantly above. Um, the global average, and so we're seeking to do more research on why are we seeing this 98%, um, what can we then do, um, how can we design our programs to better serve our audience, and lastly we do this through advocacy, so pushing for um Regulation for policies that will ensure that family businesses thrive during their lifetimes, as well as over a legacy period, Um, because family businesses are important not only for families, not only for the the employees which they employ and provide much needed jobs on a continent that unfortunately faces significant poverty, both absolute and relative poverty, but also they play a huge role in ecosystems. Um, They are at the helm of communities. They hold up communities, the communities which they serve in their businesses, and also the communities of origin where the um, individual um, families come from. They typically would support their villages and and so on and so forth. So it's really critical that we continue to champion for policy change that would ensure the sustenance and thriving of family businesses in Africa.
0: Yeah. So they are part of the community. And that's an important reason why this should be maintained. And through the conversation, that could be improved by all the measures that you explained to us so so briefly. I think that this could be possible, and we hope that with these actions and other t- actions like the SDGs in education could also like provide other perspectives to the to the youth understand the importance of these things and find new and other ways to make this possible right now you are writing a book which is so amazing, so what is it about what has the process been like mm,
1: yes I'm putting finishing touches to a book called Lifetime's Legacy a new vision for multi-generational family enterprises um, it's been an arduous journey to be perfectly honest with you Um, to sit still and to commit to writing a book is not an easy process, but it's been also incredibly, um, it's just been amazing to, um, to reflect on all that I've been through both as an individual second generation business owner, as well as an advisor and a nonprofit, um, founder, having seen so many families and the key themes, that I've seen, and the reasons why we haven't seen as much multi generational success in Africa, particularly, and the things that families can seek to do, the steps they can seek to take to empower them on a journey of legacy. That's really what it's it's about. So I'm really excited. Um, it will be coming out in January, late January. Yeah,
0: we can't wait to to see like the the final result. Like it's what you said that. In a book, you reflect all your thoughts, you re-examine everything that you have seen, and in the end, you want it as a legacy of you and what you preserve. Like, it's what we did in the Changemaker Z, but in a different way, like, we want to preserve everything that we have done, starting from the podcast, going to the articles, and all the interviews. But in the end, maybe if something happens and we can't uh, handle it anymore, for sure we're we are like searching a way to maintain everything alive on the internet so people can find it one way one day end. think about that what advice do you have for any aspiring entrepreneurs
1: oh I always say build with the end in mind and so I have a construction background and when we are Before we embark on any construction, we have a design, we have architectural drawings, engineering studies, and we spend a lot of time on our foundation, particularly if we're building a really tall building. We actually spend more time on the foundation before we start the building, um, building upwards. And so if you are building for legacy, it's absolutely critical that you spend time in the foundations of your business to ensure that you have the human resources, right? The financial discipline and rigor, right? Yes. Um, The strategic formulation, right? Innovation, right? Succession planning, right? Corporate governance and family governance, right? So those are the key elements to ensure that you're actually going to build a legacy business. Another thing is I often say that it's important to leave a legacy, but it's also important to live a legacy. so in your lifetime, how are you making an impact, so to speak um, and this concept of legacy is has you know takes into consideration over time, which we traditionally think of when someone passes away, we talk about they left such an amazing legacy. Um, but also over space, um so beyond yourself, who are you touching? Is it in your value chain? is it in your are you empowering um folks in your value chain to ensure that you're being more environmentally friendly you're amplifying the voices of those that have been marginalized, you're empowering them financially um, and things of the like so it's really important to to not only leave a legacy, but also to live a legacy. And lastly, for those that have children and spouses, um, your children and spouses can't love what they don't know. And that's your business, right? Often business owners that I've come across later later down in their entrepreneurship journey, they only start to think about passing on the helm of responsibility to someone else when they want to retire, But by that point, it's too late because nobody else in the family cares about the business, right? They've all moved on. They all have their own ambitions and dreams and passions. And it's not enough to be a legal owner of a business. That doesn't inspire passion, right? Um, I always say matters of the heart can't be legislated. You can't mandate them through legislation, but only through inspiration. So just because your kids will be 33% 33% owners of your business doesn't mean they will care and give it their all. But instead, what we want to achieve is emotional ownership and inspiring that emotional ownership for this true commitment, true passion, um, true um, ownership, so to speak, starts from much younger. It starts from them being exposed to the business, them knowing the business, them forming their opinions of it, uh, because we, it's impossible to fall in love with something that you don't know. And so those are the three areas that I would really impress upon business owners. Start with the end in mind. L- live a legacy, not just leave a legacy. And seek to promote emotional ownership with your family members.
0: I'm so happy that you mentioned, like for those that do have children, because it's the first time that we cover it. And in general, I think that this is a a huge conversation that we should cover in another episode, like, not only for what you said, like, for the children to, like, if they will be passionate about what their father or mother is doing, but also to which are the path that the children want to follow when it's time to select. And yeah, I think that in today's world, like... In many societies, like men children feel the pressure to follow a road that they don't want, or it becomes the opposite sometimes. So uh, I think that's a huge part. And also I like that you mentioned about live legacy, but also leave a legacy. Like I think that this is the hidden power of humans to continue innovate beyond the sense and that's extremely important. So yeah so another great episode came to its end thank you so much nikki for being with us today
1: thank you so much for having me thank
0: you guys we will be featured at Nikes podcast probably sometimes in the future so please keep an eye open to our instagram and until next time don't forget to change the world our conversation. We had such a great time. Make sure you leave us a review. You can also follow us on Instagram at changemaker.c to keep up with all of our new content. We also have a Facebook page called Changemaker Z, but you'll need to look that one because I honestly don't even know how Facebook works. <laughs>